Hello and welcome. This is the Bariatric Eating Real Talk podcast, and I'm Susie Shaw. If you are new to our podcast, bariatric eating is more than just talk. We support nearly a million post-ops in our Facebook-based support groups, which you can join if you like after you listen. I'll tell you where you can find us at the end of the episode. We've created the most successful plan for bariatric regain on the planet. There's not a doctor's program or hospital plan or anyone who has addressed regain and the regain crisis with anywhere near our success rate. Thousands of people have used our Inspire Diet along with our help and our support to take their lives back even when it seemed like things were hopeless. Those who help you in our groups are post-ops. And they've had regain. So we and, and the other admins in there, they know how it feels. But they've also lost that regain. And we can help you find your way back into those smaller clothes that are in your closet. We have specific tools for you. We can help you set goals. We can help you make food lists. We even have meals for you to eat. We have recipes and our own products. So we, we go beyond just ideas and help you in real time with real tools that really help. Our support is made up of people who are just like me, and collectively, we've spent the past 20 years helping post-ops lose, regain, and learn how to change their habits so that the weight stays off for good. And I'm pretty sure that we can help you too. So let's get started. Now, first up, I have a little bit of a housekeeping thing I wanted to mention. Um, There's two very, very large oak trees that are kind of flanking the room that I'm in. Um, while I do my best to kind of soundproof things and stuff like that, um, they're dropping acorns like you wouldn't believe. So if you hear what sounds like gunshots or loud bangs, know that I'm safe. There's no danger. It's just fall. So having said that, let's get started. I wanted to address something that's come up a few times in our Facebook support groups, and it's going to come up a lot more times in the support groups and in general as we approach Thanksgiving and transition into Christmas. Um, I need to mention too, especially if you're new at bariatric eating, we actually have a whole website full of recipes, but we also have a very hard line that we're really, really known for within the weight loss surgery community. And that hard line is of course about carbs and what carbs are okay to eat. Um, many of our bariatric eating dessert recipes that we have on our website include flour and a lot of them, actually all of them include some sort of artificial sugar and baking blends like the Splenda baking blend and Truvia baking blend. And our most popular Thanksgiving recipe is actually for a real stuffing that has real bread in it. It's not some sort of crazy concoction. And I'm going to add that it's a really, really delicious recipe that you need to have on your tables this year. But the reason that these recipes exist is because we cannot live in a vacuum or a bubble after we have weight loss surgery. We just can't. We must have options, especially at holidays, that are going to please our families. And this is a fact whether you're ready to face it or not. These options must also please us. We didn't have surgery to live in a state of self-martyring deprivation. We did this to fit in better with the real world. You know, the one that doesn't revolve around food and eating lots and lots of food. No one who is more than two months post-op should have to have separate food made for them just to enjoy at a family gathering. What kind of message does that send to yourself? And if you're shaking your head listening to that, rewind a second or two and listen to it again, because that line is meant for you directly. But really, ask yourself this. What does separate meals and separate dishes say to your family members who, have, who may have cautioned you against surgery in the first place? It says that you can't eat like a normal person. What does that tell your young children that may be watching you? Mommy has to eat special food. Grandma can't eat the pie that you're eating. That's certainly not the message I want to project on Thanksgiving Day or any day. 
And frankly, the eating patterns that it takes to become obese in the first place are often learned in childhood. Do you want your kids or your grandchildren to follow through that weight loss surgery door that you did, you went through? I know I don't want that for them. I bake two or three times a year unless there's a party that I have to go to. There's no reason to keep cake in the house every week, even if it's sugar-free. And no, just because it's fall doesn't mean we need to celebrate it like it's its own holiday. We don't need to have pumpkin pie three times a week before Thanksgiving just because it's fall. Consider that you think so fondly of Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners because you only have those kinds of foods once a year. They're special, and they deserve to remain special. And even if there's a tree in your living room right now with lights and pretty ornaments on it, you do not need to have sugar-free cookies and sugar-free cocoa every night, despite the shit show that 2020's been. You just don't need those foods every single day. Special occasions are actually where many of our recipes come in handy because it's food. It's real food. But this holiday season, bake our amazing lemon pie. Try one of our cheesecakes. We have like six or seven different kinds of cheesecake on our website. We've got a fabulous pumpkin roll. And yes, I will tell you how to find our recipes at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. But this year, when your grandkids come over to bake cookies, make only sugar-free runs from our website so that you don't have to white-knuckle your way through the afternoon and, and not eat it. And you can actually have one or two with the kids when they're done. Remember that it's more about the time that you spend with your grandkids, isn't it? The cookies aren't the goal. It's spending time and making memories with your loved ones. That's what you're trying to do. The kids will not care what kind of cookie it is as long as it tastes like a cookie. And our recipes do taste like their full sugar counterparts because we don't put in weird ingredients or substitution. We don't have a recipe for cauliflower rice pudding because no one is going to touch that dish at your family gathering. Likewise, we use real flour in our cakes, in our cookies, because we've learned, and I'll add that we've learned the hard way, that we want a cookie too. We want a real cookie, one that tastes like a cookie, feels like a cookie in our mouth, but one that's not going to make us sick with sugar and throw us off into an eating binge. But after you make these sugar-free treats and, and new recipes and the side dishes and all that fun stuff, serve them on your prettiest platter. Get out the holiday dishware that you got as a, as a wedding present or you bought you know, on, on special or whatever, but serve it proudly to your family after you eat dinner. Once you've eaten a full meal, your pouch or sleeve, I may remind you, is going to be full of that lean protein, that turkey or the ham, the the vegetables that you ate from the actual dinner. So when you sit down to eat dessert, you're only going to be able to have three or four, four small bites of a small little piece of the dessert. And this is why you've also got to get used to listening to your pouch or sleeve and not eating what's on the plate just because it's there in front of you. And no, this is not moderation. Nothing. I've mentioned so far in this episode is moderation. Why? Because moderation isn't eating a slice of sugar-free pie once every four months. Moderation is not making sugar-free cookies with your grandkids at Christmas time and eating one or two of them because they taste good. Moderation is the excuse that you use to justify having a sugar-free pie once a week or more often than that. But here's why this is important. If you do this, You will have sat and enjoyed an entire meal with your family and not felt like a weirdo for eating a cup of pre-made pudding when everybody else is eating fresh-baked apple pie. And yeah, we've got a recipe for that too. Trust me on this. This isn't my first rodeo. And um, collectively, bariatric eating has been doing this for 20 years now. 
I know from experience, someone is going to post proudly in our support group because it happens every single holiday. More than one people will do this, that they're making a pie for everybody, a real pie they'll add for everybody, but they're going to have sugar-free pudding to stay on track or that they're going to have an inspire in the car before they go into the party. It happens almost like clockwork every single year. And then what also happens after, after that happens Every single year, the same people come back a couple days later and post about they gained weight after Christmas or Easter or Fourth of July or Memorial Day or whatever special occasion because they fell off track. They couldn't handle it. They binged and fell right into everybody else's pie that they made or right into that cake that was in the fridge or they kept going back for just another bite of a roll all through the afternoon while everybody else was chatting and having a good time. Make a sugar-free pie for everyone. Make one pie. Make a plate of our no-sugar-added chocolate truffles. And yeah, we've got a recipe for those. They're delicious. It's like three ingredients to it. It's the simplest thing you've ever done. Make a pan of real stuffing. Um, our group founder and, and our website founder, Susan Maria, her Aunt Gail has the best recipe for a sausage and apple stuffing. It's amazing, and it's on our website. You've got to try it. But do you see a theme yet? We've got all of these recipes available for you. Make some to have with dinner. Have some after dinner, the end. You're not going to obsess over those things that you have in the, in the house that are in front of you because you'll be truly satisfied with your meal. You had the protein. You had the veggies. You had dessert. You can make the smart choice to stick with your plan to stay on track because you already had some pie. And when you're cleaning up, you're going to wrap that pie up and send it home with somebody else so that you cannot be tempted to have breakfast pie when you open the fridge in the morning. And you won't be tempted to dive into that pie at two in the morning when you just can't sleep either. Trust me, we've seen that confession post too. Maybe we've been there personally. But remember what we've discussed in pretty much every single episode so far. Motivation and willpower are not real things. Success after weight loss surgery and even after regain after having weight loss surgery comes from a choice that you have to make. You're going to have to stick up for yourself and make a choice. What you want most or what you want now. Because no one really cares what you do. And I know that's a harsh truth, but no one is coming to save you. Everyone is absolutely pulling for you and wishes you happiness and good things. But at the end of the day, you are the only one who cares about your weight. You're the only one that cares about what's on your plate. You're the only one that cares about your surgery. You're the only one that cares about the goals that you say you want to accomplish. So you have to pick what you want. That's why things like this are important. That's why we have so many recipes so that we can have things on hand so that we look normal. And here, I'm not talking about normal BMI or not wearing plus-size clothes. I'm speaking to our behaviors. A lot of people have weight loss surgery, and they don't realize that when they try to white-knuckle it through these family gatherings and parties without having like a good choice, like a meal option like a good side dish or a nice dessert, um, without those good real bariatric choices in front of us, we actually act differently and we bring more attention to ourselves than we realize. Um, if you've ever been to a party and you notice that somebody asks you more than once if you're sure we're okay with just coffee when we declined having a little bit of pie, or they looked at you a little bit too long as we peeled back the foil on a cup of jello when everybody else is passing whipped cream to put on their pie, why do they ask so many times? No, it's not because they're jealous. And no, they're not trying to sabotage you. It's because you're making them feel weird. There's a look on your face. 
There's a look in your eyes that you aren't aware of, but that look is sadness. It's a resigned sadness that you're doing one thing, but you really, really want to do another. So they're asking you if you're sure because you don't look sure. You don't look confident. You don't look happy. Stop it. Stop making people feel weird and admit that there's a better way and that even though you had surgery and you changed your body forever, you can have some cake at Christmas dinner if you make a sugar-free cake or a no-sugar-added pie. Make a dessert that you can share. Make a side dish that's not covered and smothered in butter and cheese, and you can have some of that too. But you have got to speak up for yourself and understand that being weird and thinking sugar-free pudding is the way to survive after weight loss surgery, because it's not. You have got to find some recipes right now that you can start using, because life is way too long to always be getting back on track after a holiday and making yourself feel sick during a holiday party because you ate the wrong kinds of food. Eat right. Use your surgery to your advantage and enjoy yourself, especially during the holidays. One last tip before we close up. You have got to stop telling people it's diet food, that it's bariatric-friendly, berry-friendly, BE-friendly, inspired-approved, sugar-free, all-natural, whatever. You didn't ever tell them that there was a pound of Velveeta in the mac and cheese plus cheese on top and butter to make the breadcrumbs all crispy. Why would you bother telling them about the Truvia. Think about that for a second, because I'm right. It was the holidays, of course, when you served up those plates that would make a cardiologist weep. So why on earth would you disclose that you lowered fat and calories in food while keeping it truly delicious? You wouldn't, unless you were trying to make yourself out to be more on track than you actually are, unless you're trying to point out how hard this is, which does no one, least of all you, any good. Stop thinking that this is hard and that it can't be done unless you make a second holiday meal for you and start learning how to live and enjoy your bariatric life. You can start on our website, actually. We can be found at www.bariatriceating.com. Now, once you're there, if you can do a keyword search at the top, there's a little magnifying glass where you can search. Search for the word podcast, and you'll see all the episodes listed with show notes for each one. For this episode specifically, I'm going to provide links to our, to our support group so you can get some help to get through the season and our recipes so that you can create a holiday meal that will blow everyone's minds, including your own, and you can have some too. And if you have a question that you'd like me to tackle on an upcoming episode, please send me an email at ask, that's A-S-K, at bariatriceating.com. Just to remind you, we aren't just talk. Our articles, recipes, and websites, they've been helping post-ops for nearly 20 years. And it will help you too if you actually go there and use our free tools. Please come check us out. Don't forget to review and subscribe to our podcast so that you're always updated as soon as episodes are available. And please, if you enjoyed today's episode, pass it on to someone you may think will find it helpful as well. And I will talk to you soon.